0: Let's do something important together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. We pray, Lord, that your will be done in our lives. We pray, Lord, that we would understand your word. You would open it up to our hearts and our minds. For all the time, talents, and treasures you've given each of us. Help us to, in word and deed, bless you and honor you in all that we do and say. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. This week has been hard for me. It's been a struggle, but it's been good. And I come to you as a person who is struggling. I really am struggling. I struggle with the world we live in. Life's advice, life's way of living. You know, a lot of us struggle, and it's hard. Nothing's easy, it seems. And we have a lot of voices talking to us, influencing us. So let me ask you guys something. First, I'm going to ask the kids. I want you parents and grandparents kids and the younger people, to raise your hands when I name a few of these people. Andrew Tate, Dan TDM, Huda Katan, or you might know her as Huda Beauty, Dan Bilzerian, How about PewDiePie? How about Billie Eilish? How about Charlie D'Amelio? I could go on. Now, this is going to be the fun part. I hope you noticed those people who knew the names and those who didn't know the names. Off another group of people, and I want you to see something very interesting. Are you ready for this? Peter O'Toole. How about Audrey Hepburn? How about, and this one might be really easy, John Wayne? How about Sean Connery? One. How about Bruce Springsteen? One last one, and that'll stop because I think my point's being made. How about George Michael? <laughs> I wanted you guys to see none of those names I just named. Did you see any of the kids' hands go up? Not one. Not one. You may have heard some of their people that they knew, Dan TDM, PewDiePie, Andrew Tate. By the way, I took the top ten influencers on social media and I picked out those people. From the top ten influencers on all platforms of social media, Dan TDM, Andrew Tate, um, Dan Pilzarian, all these guys are influencing your children and your grandchildren something very interesting they're teaching them something very interesting and if you don't know who those people are, you have no idea what they're teaching your kids and your grandkids not one clue and you might think to yourself, that's not a big deal I was influenced as well I mean, when I grew up as a kid I remember all those people, I remember Peter O'Toole he was the the pink panther that. I watched that movie I love watching John Wayne shows Sean Connery who doesn't love guys raise your hand if you if you absolutely love when you see a James Bond marathon I'm there like I, I it'll be on TV and I'll be walking by and go oh wait that's on right now I'm gonna back up I'll sit down and I'll watch we're influenced in our world today. Because I was up very early Tuesday morning this week and I couldn't sleep and God was laying on my heart this very heavy burden. And I did something you shouldn't do very early on in the morning. I went on to social media and I just started searching and I was trying to find what people are learning today about relationships. I didn't see anything people. And I have a clip for you. I have a clip for you that I think I sent you guys in an email, correct? should be in your email. I sent it to video. Well, I'll give you a hint of when it actually is supposed to be taken or when I'm going to have you play it. But I couldn't get it downloaded into the program, so I'm going to have to have you do something where you split the screen or something so that everyone can see it. Okay, thanks for the thumbs up. But I want you guys and your grandkids are learning on social media. Yeah, my kids are like, I don't have social media, so I'm good. All right, you can turn it off. That's Andrew Tate. Don't read your Bibles. All the men had multiple wives. All of them did. then what they're seeing is pastors who are pastoring churches and then sleeping around. It's not a big deal. Why are you guys so upset about that? What's so wrong? It's in the Bible. Andrew Tate, who's got hundreds of millions of followers, says it's in the Bible, and I believe him. There's nothing wrong with women. Sleeping around, or sorry, men sleeping around. Women, it's gross. For a guy, it's great. You ever wonder why the world is so messed up? Why so many people accept so many crazy ideas and things? It's because you've got a guy who is an influencer with hundreds of millions of followers. It's not hundreds of thousands, it's 100 million more. 100 million. Take the big house, you Michigan fans. That holds a hundred thousand people, and multiply that to get to a hundred million, and that's how many people listen to him and watch him and study him. I was actually at the football game on Friday, and I was walking down the the, the rail inside the locker room and walking down the lockers and I was just praying for each one of the kids in the lockers and they said to me coach what are you doing I said don't worry about it I'm just just praying and they're like oh okay and so then I stopped and I was done and I said hey guys and I actually asked them these lists they're like they every single one of them knew who I was talking about and they said wait a minute you're going to talk about Andrew Tate in church I said yeah and they went whoa coach Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are listening to and trusting in all the wrong things that are influencing our lives via these platforms. It's not just movies and music anymore. Satan, Satanos, our kids have been watching these fun little clips of the Latin pronunciations for Satan, and they show these cute dogs that have pictures in the wrong spots, and they look evil, for lack of a better term, but it's this kind of cute, funny thing that you're laughing at, because they, they say it in these great Gregorian type of chants, Satanus, Asimos, Behemoth, Elzebub, and it's really cute pictures of these dogs, and you're laughing, but I'm realizing my kids are watching this, and I'm watching it with them going, that's the names of Satan, they you're like, yeah, but it's kind of cute to see these dogs, and these really pictures. But he is working overtime to influence your children and your grandchildren. And we're just sitting back and we're letting it happen. And I have a great relationship with my kids and I have a chance to talk with them. But do you know what you can find on these platforms? On each one of these platforms you can find them. Go ask them what they're watching on the internet. It's unbelievable. Let me ask you guys a question. If you could stop a loved one from falling off a cliff, would you stop them from doing it? If you could stop a loved one from running into the road to go after a ball, would you stop them? If you could stop a loved one from making a really, really bad decision in their lives you know the path they're going down is going to cause them problems, would you stop them? We all say, oh yeah, of course I would. But would you? We have a society right now, we have a chance in our voting system right now to put things into practice that is of Satan. Satan. Michigan has an opportunity right now to vote for a constitutional, satanic bill of rights. We say it's health care. It's murder. Are we going to really stop him from doing his job? Are we going to let it influence because it's not a really big deal? answered in your head well I live this way I made it out okay then please listen to today's sermon if you answered yes you'd stop them my question is then argue and, and by the way this message if it goes viral if this sermon goes viral guess what it's going to do for your pastor I'm going to get cancelled I'm going to get cancelled just so you're aware, that makes me truly sad. It really doesn't. I'm sorry. That's satire. That sarcasm. I don't care if I get canceled because I'm going to preach the truth. But I'm telling you right now, those people I mentioned earlier, they're influencing your kids. You find people doing questions on the street and they ask women what they want in a guy. Did you know that most women are to the fact, they're taught that being someone who sleeps around and figures out what they can try on, because you go to the store and you put on different shoes, you'll figure it out eventually, you'll find the right pair of shoes, and then they're taught, you know what you need to do as a woman? You need to go and get a job, you need to start your own business, you need to make a lot of money, and then you need to be able to provide for yourself. did by telling them that. And by the way, I'm not saying women can't work. It's great that women work, but you know what you've just done? You've told a woman become a man. Cuz it's the man's job to get a job, to provide for his family, to care for his wife, to protect his children. That's what a man's supposed to do. So when women find that men only make $40,000 a year, they say on social media, That's not a man I'm going to marry. He can't take care of me. I need someone who can provide at least $100,000 a year. That's the world we're living in today. That's what we're seeing Satan teaching our young women. And by the way, if you go back to Genesis, you'll find who does Satan go after first? silent about it. And that's the sad world we're living in today. They're influenced. They're influenced by influencers in this world. They're taught that they need to have a career. That, by the way, you're supposed to have sex with as many men as you can, and you saw an influencer just say that, yeah, you should have sex with as many men as you can because it's in the Bible. And they're taught this. And then when they get pregnant, because they don't think about the consequences, either one of the people involved, they just kill it off. They kill it off because it's going to stop them from having what they truly want, which is an education, they truly want money or a career. It's the men's fault. What do we teach our children, especially our daughters? You're my little princess. You deserve a prince. And we lie to our kids. The reality is, you're never going to find a man that's going to be able to provide for you like God can provide for you. That's the reality. who make six figures are very, very hard to find. But pastor, you're talking about what a woman wants. (laughs) This is what's going to get me canceled, guys. Hold on to your hats. Because Here's the thing. Hold on to your hats. I'm telling you right now. I'm sure that many know where I'm going with this. It's not really me telling you what women want or what they should do. God actually tells you God tells you what men want and what they should do. So this is gonna get me canceled if it goes viral, because I'm telling you right now, people don't want to hear the truth. People don't want to hear that God tells men you says, the person who is nurturing the family. and This is not a slight on women, but God has a lot for you guys. You do so much. And you've been marginalized for so long that you're being told because men aren't stepping up to do their jobs. Men aren't reading the Bible at home. Men aren't teaching their kids at home. Men are struggling right studying their word or they basically said you know what I've done with church Because there's an influence in our lives because the result of what David had after last week in Psalm 25 that's what this is this is Psalm 26 this is David's results of trusting in the Lord not in himself not in his wife because David was a horrible human being Was not a good person in a lot of ways. But you know what the Bible says about David? He was a man after God's own heart. It's very interesting. A man after God's own heart commits adultery and murder. His son marries 700 women and has 300 concubines that become his wives, essentially, for a thousand women that Solomon. Solomon. to learn to trust in the results of who God is in our lives and that's what this psalm is all about that's who is his influence in David's life and that's what I'm asking you to have influence is find God who's going to influence you the way David found it because here it is, Psalm 26 verse 1 David says this vindicate me O Lord for I have walked in my integrity, I've trusted in the Lord without wavering my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. This is the results of trusting in the Lord. Integrity and trust in the Lord that's without wavering is one of the most important activities we can do in this life. Let me say it again. Integrity and trust in the Lord is that's without wavering is one of the most important activities we can do in this life. Tome. the Hebrew meaning here, completeness, wholeness, purity, innocence, safety, or integrity. It's the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness, the state of being whole and undivided, being strong in your moral principles, even when no one's looking, is what integrity is all about. He's calling us to a standard. God is calling all of us to a standard. A person who has integrity behaves rightly and does the right thing even behind closed doors. Now, for example, if a cashier gives you back the wrong change and you recognize it, you give it back. That's integrity. One of the biggest issues that happened in my life saw a Christian at a grocery store growing up in Detroit called Your Better Market. And this guy, who was a Christian, was with this person I know, and he's like, I'm done with church, because I just watched that poor cashier give the wrong change back, we got in the car. That good Christian said, Oh, well, that's God's blessing for me. She gave me the wrong change. That's God's blessing. I get all that extra. And my dad, sorry, I wasn't going to say his name. My dad went, Are you kidding me? That poor girl at the end of her shift is now going to be that much shorter because you kept the money. That's not a blessing to you. That's stealing. Yet he thought it was a blessing. Television crying. God's told me you need to send me a thousand dollars. Come out to Florida. We've created a Christian culture where you can live and grow. Those things infect people's lives. Not letting someone take the blame for something you did, that's integrity. Remaining true to your spouse in word and in deed, that's integrity. Don't talk to other women on social media unless your wife is right there and you can walk in integrity with her. I set this up all the time. I set this boundary. I know you guys, I actually have pastor friends who think I'm nuts. They've told me, how can you love your female congregation and parishioners if you're not willing to talk to them? I said, I don't talk to them alone. It's not that I won't talk to you. I just won't do it alone now there's a prominent pastor that we all know, you've all heard of, who's gotten caught talking to a woman inappropriately on an online relationship. I don't do it. I'm sorry. I love you women. But if my wife's not there, I'll talk to you on the phone. I'm just not coming over. That's what it means to remain true to your spouse. I'm not above falling. No one is. Return money to someone who drops their wallet or loses it. You know why this is such an amazing thing of integrity? It's because you'll actually have news stories where they'll say, this young man found a wallet with thousands of dollars in it and he gave it all back. Wow, what a great story. What a feel-good story. That should be something we do all the time shouldn't even be newsworthy, yet it is. Don't steal from your employers time or resources. I had a guy say to me, it's only a pen. No, it's called integrity. I'm only leaving work a little early. Come on, I've earned it. I have 20 plus years on this job. steal. That's what God's asking us to do, to walk in his integrity. Trusting is having confidence or confiding in someone or something. It's the ability of being secure, fearing nothing of oneself, of full, unsuspecting or direct trust in someone. That's what that word there is. David has full and unsuspecting direct trust in God. And he falls. He makes mistakes but trusting in something that takes a lifetime to build through relationship. And it only takes a moment to kill it. It only takes a moment to kill it. We have too many voices in our lives today and many people who are trying to influence our lives and our kids and our kids' lives. And we need to listen to the true voice, the voice of God. Because who are we listening to in this life, men or God? Listen to what God has for us in verse 4. He says this, David says, I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers. I will not sit with the wicked. This is who David was listening to, the Lord. Remember that I said I was going to tell you what women want in this world? Let me share with you that now security, protection. They want to be provided for. Proverbs 31, 30 says this, Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's crazy. Women want relationship. And you can have the greatest relationship of your entire following God, doing God's will in in their lives. If they're not, I'm just going to tell you right now, it becomes very difficult. It becomes very, very difficult when you are unequally yoked with somebody. Because guess what? When you're unequally yoked, picture two. Two bulls plowing a field. And when one is unequally yoked, the plow starts to pull towards the one who's stronger. It starts to pull that way because the other one can't handle it, it's weaker. And you need to be equally yoked with the person so that the plow lines can be straight. In fact, God does this with bulls in the beginning. He will take very young bulls and he will attach them to older bulls with a yoke and they'll plow down the field the farmer will keep them going in a straight line because he has trust In fact, the younger one sometimes will get off track and look somewhere else. And the farmer will have to smack it with a a whip. And once it turns its eyes towards the older bull, and it keeps its eyes focused on the older bull, it starts to learn and it goes in a straight path. Do you know who that is in our lives, each one of our lives? We're the younger bull. That's Jesus, the older bull, taking us down the straight path. Not on your own understanding. He will make your path straight. That's what Proverbs tells us. It's Jesus who we can look to. So if you've got kids or grandkids who are running towards, well, I want that guy or I want that girl because they can provide for me or they give me something, but they're not Christians, they don't even go to church, they don't read their Bible. I'm telling you right now, your kids and grandkids, ain't going to be easy. It might be in the beginning. Honeymoon phases last a long time for most people. But you ask people who've been together for a long period of time, and it's usually because of God. 20 years. Couldn't believe that Katie and I made it 20 years. It's amazing. I don't know how we did it. We had some really good ones some really tough times yet we made it because of God and then I asked people how'd you make it to 50 years it's a very different time frame today because I'm telling you right now there's actually one I was going to show you too it shows a picture of a man and a woman getting together and they get married and then they have all these things and they show the guy and he goes off to work and then he comes home from work and the wife is yelling at him and she's mad so she's telling him, spend time with your kids. So he starts spending time with his kids. And then he goes off to work and he comes back and she's like, you don't spend enough time with me. You need to do more of this. And so he has to go out back to work and get more money to take care of her needs. And then he goes off to work and he comes back and she's like, I'm done. You have no need for me anymore. I'm going out with this other guy who met my emotional needs. of the time, in the divorce, she's telling the kids how a horrible person he is. He's a horrible dad because he didn't take care of my needs. And she's sleeping around with a bunch of guys. And the dad's sitting there drinking alone in his house. He doesn't know what happened. And in the end, what's life really worth? He takes his own life hate him. His wife didn't love him. He couldn't provide right for his family or his kids, so he just said, I'm done. That's what's happening in the world today. Women are being sold a bill of goods that are just not true. Influencers on social media are telling young women they need to be young men. In fact, dare I say it, since Satan came into the garden and I'm not saying that women can't work but there's a lot of work to do in your relationship at home there's a lot of work to do anyone who thinks that a stay at home mom is bad you're lying to yourselves anyone who tells you that is lying to you men are not getting into marriage with women nowadays they're called incels go look it up go look up what an incel is called involuntary celibacy because men can't find women that want to date them or marry them. So they're called incels. Men are not getting into marriage with women because the women are falling for the lie that they can provide for themselves. They can take care of themselves. need God in your life. You need Jesus in your life. Men need to stop telling women that they can't marry women. Because men nowadays get to sleep with their women before they have to do anything. I don't have to put a ring on it. I need to sleep with my girlfriend. She'll be loyal to me, and I'll be loyal to her. It's just a piece of paper. Start acting like men. Because Titus tells us what our needs are in influences. It says this. This is what women really need in their lives. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good. So to train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, Likewise, urge younger men to be self-controlled. Stop going on the internet and looking at pornography. I'm going to say it now. Stop doing it. It's going to ruin your life. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. In your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. I was at practice on Friday. It was actually on Thursday. One of the kids couldn't stop swearing just couldn't stop. I love this kid. And the coach is like, would you please stop swearing? You literally have a pastor standing right over there. And he points to me and I'm like, oh, don't make me the bad guy here. Because you got a pastor right there and you just keep using the F-bomb. Would you knock it off? You sound ignorant. Nice to hear. That you have to have sound speech. So that nobody, your opponent, may not put you to shame, have nothing evil to say about you. Young men need to be someone who toils the ground, and your wives need to be submissive to you, and you're leading because you better lead for Christ's sake. I'm going to say it again. Men, you better start leading for Christ's sake. And that's not saying his name in vain. I'm telling you what you need to. Lead for Jesus Christ's sake. Lead your families. Ephesians tells us this. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's what men need to be doing. It's not that you get to boss your woman around. That's not what the scriptures ever says. It says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her. Having cleansed her by washing with water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing and that she may be holy and without blemish in the same way husbands love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes it and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Start taking care of your wives by submitting to God, reading your word, giving up what you think is yours, and start loving your wives. When men actually lead for Christ's sake, they die to themselves. When men actually lead for Christ's sake, they're living strong lives, and they're storing up in treasures in heaven for themselves. They learn to let God influence their life. David ends this passage right way in giving praise to the Lord. He says this in verse 6 today, I wash my hands an in and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming and thanksgiving aloud, telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away from sinners, nor let my life with bloodthirsty men in whose hands are evil devices his right hands are full of bribes, but as for me, I shall walk in my integrity, redeem me, and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground, the great assembly. I will bless the Lord. What voices are you and I listening to? Let me share a quick video with you, one more thing in closing, so that this hits home the point of who we need to be listening to in our lives and who we need to be trusting. This is the voice of a guy named Dr. David Gibbs, Jr. Does anyone know who Dr. David Gibbs Buddy, okay. Here's his
1: story. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. A pastor came up and he said, "Listen, I can save you money." I said, "How's that?" said, I flew a small airplane up here, and I fly a small airplane, and I can take you in my little airplane, and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much, but I've got this ticket, we'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it, you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're good. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing, and it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes, and something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me, and he said, we're going in the clouds, and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now, it's been cloudy all day we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling and he passes out. Passed out. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you've got to wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that. Yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right. Handed him the microphone and I said, "Start asking for help." So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, "Hello, hello." We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was "Hello," and somebody answered back, "Hello, hello." Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? I said, Give us." I said, Tell him, "We don't know nothing." Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed-out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, "I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo." He said, "You're telling me you have nobody." understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is start circling so I don't lose you, because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm going to get Anchorage Emergency for you, and Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on and said, we understand you have a passed out pilot, and those of you I said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you've got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, i He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice. Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got his turn. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage, and there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die, but I'll take you through. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those seven forty seven started talking said, we're praying for you, Ben. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices. And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back, and he said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights, and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. Sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice, and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop, and the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice understand, I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head, and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room in about four in the morning. I knock at my door. I open the door, and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. He said, you're you're the one who got me home. He said, that. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash in saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me.
0: solid ground that we can stand on because of the integrity of the Lord. Will you bless his name because of it, like David did? Will you love the habitation of the house that he lives in, the place where his glory dwells? Don't be like the world today, who have their souls swept away like other sinners have. But have them saved listening to the Lord and his voice. Remember this, salvation is quite simple. It's just one beggar telling another beggar where the food is. What voice are we listening to? Because here's the real message at the end. Stay with Jesus. Listen to his ways. Not your own ways. Not some influencer's ways. But listen to God. Stay with me, he says. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. Jesus said to be not anxious about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, or about your bodies, what you're going to put on it. He says, don't be anxious about anything. What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Stay with him. Listen to his voice, because we are going to stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ, and what is going to be happening when you do? All of us are going to have to account None of us are perfect. But my biggest thing is, I try and I pray and I ask that God, when you stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ, would be that pure, spotless bride, the church that he died for. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I ask you to help us to stay and listen to your voice you are the one who takes us home safely. You are the one that help us land our plane called life. So Lord, I just pray that we stay with